This is episode number 211, Athlete Parenthood Series, presented by Wahoo Fitness. Welcome to the Sonia Looney Show. This is a podcast about how to live a high-performance life, spanning the categories of mindset, plant-based nutrition, and inspiring stories to help you be better every day. And in the last several episodes, I've been including my husband, Matt, and it has been super fun for us just to sit down after Bradley's gone to bed and talk about things that we've been doing, how we've been managing training, how we've been managing mental and emotional pieces, and just what life is like as athletes, as business owners, and as new parents. And I think that whether you're male or female, you'll get a lot out of this episode. We talked about a few different things today, including what aging means to us since it was Matt's birthday on the day we recorded this podcast. We talked about the long game with achievements if something doesn't go well, what it means and how that might change if you have a baby. And we also talked about a challenge I've been having with not feeling good on my bike due to the caloric needs of breastfeeding. We also have some great resources that we're including in the show today, and those will be in the blog post for the show. You can get that at sonyalooney.com slash podcasts. Make sure you hit the subscribe button wherever you enjoy podcasts. Most people listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And big thank you to those of you supporting my work financially on Patreon and PayPal. The dollars that you are donating to the show makes a big difference. And podcasting is something that I love to do. It's something that is my privilege to do. It's also something that costs a lot of money to do. So any help you guys can give is just greatly appreciated. And it also pays my staff, the audio producer Roma, who has been with me since episode one, making sure that this podcast sounds incredible, and my assistant Tina. And we've also been putting these podcasts up on YouTube. So if you prefer to have it running in the background, you can find that at youtube.com slash Looney one. And that's the number one. We also have two new pairs of socks that we've launched on Moxie and Grit today. And if you like neon yellow, they are very neon yellow. We have a do epic shit neon yellow and we have the effing magical unicorn sock in bright yellow and green and black. So check those out at moxieandgrit.com. We also have the Powered by Tacos socks that you guys are loving on there as well. Thanks so much for rocking those and it's fun to be a part of your adventures. We have two incredible podcast sponsors today that I'm really, really excited about because I use both of these every single day. So the first one is SaneBox. SaneBox is AI for your email and it identifies important messages, hides distractions, has a do not disturb option, and it banishes annoying senders and reminds you to follow up. And the power of a follow up is so, so important, especially as somebody who runs their own business. And I'm always sending out proposals and talking to different people or inviting people on the podcast. And most people's email inboxes are just a mess. So just the power of a follow up is so helpful. So with SaneBox, they have different folders that it actually helps you organize your emails with. So one of them is called Sane No Replies. So what I do is at the end of each week, I go to the Sane No Replies folder and it keeps track of the people that I've emailed that haven't replied to me so that I can follow up with them without trying to remember if I heard back from somebody or not. It's truly easy to get distracted whenever you open up your email and things aren't organized properly. And 
I like SaneBox because it helps me have the emails that I need to answer that are important in front and center. And then it puts everything in the other folders, the Sane News folder, the Sane Black Hole folder, and the Sane Later folder, which are places for subscriptions that maybe you don't want to see, places for newsletters, maybe to like news sites like The Morning Brew. And also Sane Later is just for emails that are important, but ones that don't need to be front and center. And you can train your inbox to know where to send those into which folders. So it's pretty cool. There's a free trial for two weeks at SaneBox.com slash Sonia. And if you use SaneBox.com slash Sonia and use my code Sonia, you'll get a $25 credit after your two-week trial ends. So just check it out. It's free. And I've really been pleased with the results from it. Soak, rinse, harvest. What am I talking about? I am talking about sprouting. And what is sprouting? Well, it all starts with a seed. And Sproutman is a company that has been in business since 1977. And they make seeds, they have sprouting seeds that are organic, non-GMO, and a 95% germination rate. And they sell products that make sprouting super, super easy. I've seen sprouting done in a number of different ways, but they have these hemp salad bags. And all you have to do is pour the seeds into the bag, soak it into a bowl for eight hours overnight to help germinate the seeds, and then you just rinse it twice a day. And after a few days, you have all these incredible sprouts that taste great. You don't have to worry about E. coli or whatever it is that people worry about at the grocery store. And they taste great. And sprouting is super, super healthy. If you heard my episode with Doug Evans, he wrote a book called The Sprout Book. You'll hear that sprouts have 20 to 30 times the nutrient density that regular vegetables have and over 100 times the nutrient density that animal products have. So just adding these into your diet how do you eat sprouts? Well, I put them on any type of food I'm eating as a garnish, but I can also eat them as a main. I can eat them as something in my smoothies. And in the Sprout book, Doug's book, he actually has a bunch of different recipes. So check out Sproutman's website. It's sproutman.com. They even have very simple instructions on how you can explore the magic of sprouting, how all plants sprout, and how the sprouting process is what makes it have so many more nutrients. Some sprouts contain nearly 40% protein too. So if you're worried about protein, essential amino acids, enzymes, antioxidants, vitamins, these are nutritional powerhouses that you need. If you don't like some of the sprouts that you've tried in the past, there's a bunch of different things that you can try. And I recommend getting the beginner's dozen sprouting seeds from Sproutman because you get to try all these different kinds and decide what you like and what you don't like. And once you start sprouting, you'll be amazed just to see these little seeds growing in the tiniest corner of your kitchen. Kids can get involved with this because they think it's really fun. If you heard the Green Bronx Machine episode I did with Stephen Ritz, he is a teacher that does indoor gardening and he's helped marginalized communities learn how to grow their own food. So it starts there. So check out Sproutman.com. We have a link in our show notes that does also help out the show if you want to use that referral link. So it's Sproutman.com or go to SonyaLoney.com slash podcast and find the referral link in the show notes for this episode. Share with us your sprouting experiences. We can't wait to see. And it's been really fun to see some of you guys already purchasing your own sprouting seeds and getting on it. All right, so let's get into today's episode with Matt and I. It all starts with a poem. 
lay down your arms, surrender to fate. Obey your new leader before it's too late. Danger is thwarted, no longer unseen. Ignore the facts would be most obscene. Dang, is that the bedtime story of the evening? It might have something to do with politics. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't, actually. It's something delicious. So you guys might be wondering why we started the podcast with some weird poem, but tonight is Matt's birthday. It's September the 1st, and we are drinking some Earthquake Cabernet Sauvignon, which is from Michael David Winery, who has been my wine sponsor for a number of years. Yeah, the bottle is the Earthquake series and spectacular wine, one of our favorites. If you get a chance to pick up any of it, I highly recommend anything from Earth. the Earthquake series, the Cab, the Zin, the Petit Sera. Mm. Now you know what wine to bring to your next dinner party, especially if you want to impress people. Well, there's truthfully a, a trick that my dad pulls all the time. He's got the company wine, and then he's got the special wine. So he'll have people over, or he'll take bottles to people's houses, and it's always the like average stuff, because you never know who's a wine connoisseur. But then secretly, he always has the good bottle open, tucked away somewhere in an office or a bedroom, and you sneak <laughs> away, and you get the good wine. So you need to know if it's the company wine or the good wine. This is definitely the good wine. So be careful who you share it with. That's how I knew I was in the night that I met your family was I was in the office, not alone with George, having the good wine. That's right. This is like the circle of trust. <laughs> you can have the good wine. So before we turn the mics on, we cheers to Matt's 44th year. That's right. Matt turned 44 and I turned 37 about a week ago. And we were just talking about how we don't ever wish to turn back the clock and be younger again. I mean, there's who doesn't want to maybe have a longer lifespan, I suppose. But like, truthfully, when you think about it, even one year, if you said, well, wouldn't you rather be 40 again or 30 again or whatever the number is? Well, then I wouldn't have our little son, Bradley, who's awesome. And our little dog, Baxter, who's annoying and we love and and all those things. And the development you have as a human being and where you are in your life. Like, I'm incredibly lucky and blessed to have the family that I do, the partner that I have, the health that I have, I just don't feel like I would rather be 30 or 20 because I wouldn't have any of those things. My question would be, if you didn't have all these things going incredibly well, maybe you didn't have your health as well, or maybe you had lost a family member, would you still feel the same way? I think my perspective definitely would change. I think that, uh, yeah, like I said, we're just in this amazing part in our lives where we have both sides of our family. We have kids and nieces and nephews and parents and even some grandparents still. So it's a really nice time in our lives that I'm just really appreciative to, to have right now. That wasn't the sound of me lapping up wine out of my glass. If you guys could hear that, that was Baxter drinking water. <laughs> Um, not to not you that know, you couldn't do that, but these glasses are really big, so that'd yeah. be a challenge. Yeah, I think that just appreciating what you have, and it's something so easy to take for granted. And before I go to bed at night, I often think how fortunate we are that we have the health of our friends and our family, and we have just even before Bradley was born, I was thinking about these things because you don't always have that, and yeah, just having that that complacency and just that. You just take it for granted, even your own health. Like I remember when Matt and I had the flu last year, we were sick for like a month. Sometimes we wonder if we actually had COVID-19 because we got sick right after being on a cruise um, in November, but we were so sick and I was also pregnant and just getting our health back just made so much of a difference in our happiness and feeling really good. So just trying to just not take things for granted. 
One of my favorite stores to laugh at, is, I think it's called Forever 21. None of you seen those <laughs> stores out there. And I just think like, what a nightmare that would be. <laughs> 21 forever would be a total disaster. I would never want that. Yeah. And I think this comes from the idea that as we get older, our lives get worse and worse. And a lot of times I think that perspective comes from people's health declining. And whenever we look at seniors and older people and people say, gosh, I don't want to live to age 100. That looks awful. Or just push me off a cliff. And whenever you go to other cultures and look at how elderly people look and what they do, and certainly there's people in our culture who are amazing and incredible and doing great things, but our perspective of what aging looks like needs to change. And after you and I read The Blue Zones and Healthy at 100, it really changed our perspective of what it means to get older. Yeah, I think it's the concept of aging and what that means. And in our society, in general, youth is put on a pedestal. Like you should try to look between 16 to 20 your whole life and wrinkles are terrible and all of these things. And so, and we vilify age. And part of that is because there's a lot of infirm in people that as they, as they get older physically and mentally, and, and we, we take our elderly and we put them away and we take them out of our society. We put them in homes and they're a burden on families. In some other cultures, you get a lot of respect as you get older, and then people lean on you more. You're asked for your opinion. You you guide families. You guide communities. And not only are you healthy and fit and active, you're actually engaged in your in your life and your community. And that comes not just from the elderly taking care of themselves and being engaged, but also from how society puts value on them. And I think there's a we can change that outcome by how we treat our family. Are we all going to put our parents in old folks' homes and visit them once a month? Or is there a different way to approach that? And, and maybe that's the safest way. Maybe they need support and all kinds of things. But uh, it's just something to think about, especially for us right now, because our parents don't need any help when we have young kids. But eventually that'll change and we might be taking care of our parents. So let's just toast. We got our glasses. We're going to make it make a noise on the microwave or microwave on the microphone. I've only had two sips, people. <laughs> <laughs> she is a lightweight. I can verify that. Let's cheers to the microwave. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and everybody listening, like, let's celebrate getting older. Let's not be afraid to say how old we are in public. And let's not be ashamed of the wrinkles or the gray hair because we had to earn those. And there's life in our years. There's experiences in our years. There's wisdom in our years. And if you don't feel like you are happy with aging or you feel like you have missed something in your life, it's never too late to get started. So get started now so that on your next birthday, whenever you are thinking about what it feels like to turn whatever age you're turning, you feel proud of that. So cheers. Cheers. It's like a Himalayan singing bowl. (laughs) All right. Ah. Now that we have our soapbox out of the way, (laughs) (laughs) soapbox speech that wasn't even really planned to go that far. We're going to talk about uh, some other things. Yes, parenting, having a newborn who's still in the newborn category, but, you know, rapidly getting out of that category. Mm, actually, he's not. When they get to three months, that's when they're in the newborn. Ca- they are no longer. Oh, so, he's out. Yeah, he's actually turning six months old. He's leaving already. On uh, September the 5th or 15th, which is in a couple of weeks. But the first thing I wanted to start talking about was something a little bit interesting, because Matt and I tend to have similar experiences This is going to be a longer thing that I'm going to expand on later, but lately I haven't been feeling great on my bike and it's been really discouraging and I've had lots of failed workouts, lots of failed even rides where I just have to turn around and go home. And we'll talk about that more in a minute, but 
I tend to be really hard on myself. And I've written a blog post, do you beat yourself up whenever you don't feel good on your bike or, or something to that tune? I don't know what title I chose. But I do tend to beat myself up and get frustrated whenever things aren't going the way that I was hoping they would. And it's something that I constantly have to work on. And the antidote to that is self-compassion or having a mantra. And I know that sounds really like airy-fairy, but really just saying it's okay. It's okay to feel that way. And it doesn't really need to mean anything past that is, is a great way to defang those thoughts. But my point is when I was coming home, I feel less disappointed in myself and I feel less bad about some of the other things in my life that I'm trying to achieve because I have Bradley. And for some reason, I don't know, I don't think codependent is the right term. And hopefully I'm not putting my happiness on him or I'm trying to really think hard about why it is this way. But I actually just feel like not achieving something isn't as big of a deal because I just can't wait to see Bradley. And I'm so happy to spend time with Bradley. And it it takes away, I'm afraid to say it this way, but it takes away the importance in some ways of achieving three intervals instead of two intervals on the workout because there's another thing in my life that I'm really excited about. And I don't want to say another purpose, but being a mom is a really big part of my life, especially whenever you have a baby. And it just makes me less upset about the workout. I'm still upset about it and I'm still like frustrated by it, but it doesn't impact the rest of my day like it would in the past. Yeah, I think it sort of takes that edge off a little bit. So the part where you sort of, that that anger or disappointment gets hung on to doesn't really get hung on to the same way. Because part of it is you don't get an opportunity because you have somebody at home, uh, a little guy who wants your attention is fully engaged and needs you. And it's not like you're going to be sitting there thinking about pretty much anything else while you're trying to be present with your your little guy. So I think part of it is just perspective shifting a bit going, yes, this is important to me and it's part of who I am. And it's not all of a sudden not important. And and I still do care very much about the outcome of my workouts and how I'm doing, but I'm able to leave that in the right place and not take it into other places. Yeah. That's a really great point. And just less time to ruminate, I guess. And even about like workouts that go well too, it's just, I guess, less self-worth or less I'm having a good day or I'm having a bad day attached to that one thing. Yeah, exactly. It Maybe that's balance. Who knows? <laughs> but you said it doesn't have that type of effect on you. No, I, I haven't really noticed that I've been easier on myself necessarily because of Bradley. But truthfully, I'm generally not as hard on myself as Sonia is when it comes to achieving or not achieving. I'm able to let some things go quicker. I haven't noticed that particularly, but I think it's not because of Bradley. It's because of I just haven't had that issue to begin with, or as I haven't ruminated as much on it. Why do you think that is, that I am so hung up on that and you're not? I think it's just a basic personality trait, really, truthfully. I'm probably a little bit more easygoing, and I'm able to let things <laughs> go. <laughs> Maybe a lot more easygoing. And it's funny when you talk about being a competitive athlete, and I've always been able to do that as an athlete. In competition, it's full on, like it is, you know tooth and nail kind of thing. But when the whistle goes, I mean, I play basketball. So when the when we get a break in between plays, the whistle goes, it's turned off and I can leave that off and then turn it back on. And some players could not and cannot do that. It's It can take them all evening to let that go. And sometimes they never let it go. I, I watched a great documentary, the Michael Jordan documentary, and he can't ever for one moment let anything go. 
And part of that's an advantage as a competitor. You're just so hyper-driven and focused and, you know, one-track mind. But that also makes it challenging sometimes in relationships and the rest of your life if you're so fixated on one outcome. So, yeah, I, again, is it better? Is it worse? I don't know. But I think it's just a fundamental personality difference. So the next thing I want to talk about is what I was alluding to just a few minutes ago about not feeling good on my bike for several weeks. And I looked at my training log and I saw a pattern that after I would do, because normally I do like three three weeks on, one week, one recovery week, or, or three weeks of like interval training or volume, and then one recovery week. And I noticed that the recovery weeks have turned into recovery weeks, plural, meaning that it takes me more than one week to recover from these longer training blocks. And it's been incredibly frustrating. And just, I've been lacking the consistency that I had before I had Bradley. I I don't feel good consistently on my bike. And that tends to be really frustrating. And it would get to the point where like last weekend I was at like 90 heart rate and I felt like I was going to pass out and it was really obnoxious. And it was interesting because our friend Brenda Davis, she's been on the podcast twice and she's a world-renowned dietitian, especially with plant-based nutrition. And I was telling her about my problem and how I was so frustrated that lately I just haven't been feeling good on my bike and I've been getting nine hours of sleep and my HRV has been good and my resting heart rate is good. And just all the signs have been pointed to me starting to feel good on my bike again. And then I thought to myself, and I've been thinking this, like, well, maybe I'm not getting enough calories. And I've been eating as much as I want and I haven't been feeling extra hungry. I just eat whenever I'm hungry. And the general blanket recommendation for breastfeeding is that you add an extra 500 calories per day to your daily caloric needs. And I was telling Brenda that like, this is what the recommendation is and I haven't been calculating it, but maybe I'm not getting enough calories. And Brenda just finished a book with a pediatrician. The book is called Nourish and you can pre-order it on Amazon and we'll put it in the show notes. But it's all about plant-based nutrition for pregnancy, for infancy, and for, for kids as they get into older childhood and also into teens and plant-based for families. And they also are uh, giving recommendations for omnivores as well. So there is, or uh, people that may eat uh, dairy, et cetera. So it's not exclusively plant-based. So Brenda's just been doing this research and she said, you know what, Sonia, I actually came across some research that shows that you actually need more than 500 calories. And she said this 500 calories is a blanket recommendation based on the idea that you have excess maternal body fat left over from pregnancy because you do put on a little bit of extra body fat whenever you're pregnant. And depending on who you are and what your lifestyle is and all those things postpartum, you may have that body fat still there that is helping feed your baby, helping you produce milk or you may have leaned out a lot quicker than you had originally thought you would. And that was certainly the case for me. And I noticed that I was losing weight and my weight now is below what my weight was when I got pregnant, which was a cutting edge racing weight for me. And also when you're breastfeeding, your breasts are quite a bit bigger and there's milk in them. So when you're weighing yourself, your weight that's even, you, you actually have a even less weight from, you know, if you take that part out. So I told her that and she said, okay, well, here's the thing. The research is showing that, that, well, what she looked at was how many calories the baby actually needs as the baby gets older. But the baby is primarily getting all of his or her calories from breast milk or what if you're not breastfeeding from formula or from whatever. So the recommendation is actually 100 to 120 calories 
per kilogram of the baby's weight. So if your baby's nine kilograms, multiply that between times 100 to 120. And that's the amount of calories your baby is taking from you. And then there's also an energy demand for your body making the breast milk and not not just the calories of the milk. And then there's also your resting metabolic rate, which as an athlete is higher because you're exercising. So it's no wonder that, and I mean, I'm just telling my story. It's not this way for everybody, I'm sure. But if anybody else has been having this problem as a, a breastfeeding mom, I just wanted to put this forward so that you would know too that you actually need to be eating a thousand plus extra calories per day. And I've been in a deficit for several months. So I'm actually trying to gain weight so that I can have performance. And, you know, in cycling, there's a lot of talk about like, yeah, skinny, you got to get skinny and you're going to be fast and everybody wants to lose weight and this and that. And I think that there's a really unhealthy perspective for what a body should look like that's going to be fast because it varies for everybody. Some people's ideal performance weight would be much higher than somebody else's ideal performance weight. And for me, this is not an ideal performance weight and it's showing in my inability to recover. And I actually asked Brenda too, like, is this because I'm eating plant-based? Because I've been doing this seven years. Of course, there's going to be self-doubt because it's different than what everybody else does. And in order to overcome that self-doubt, I arm myself with research and try to be honest with myself and those things. And she said, no, it's not because you're eating plant-based. It's just a general you know, I'm burning a crazy amount of calories if you do like a three or four hour ride and then you're running around all day, you're carrying your baby, you're making milk, your resting metabolic rate's higher. If you're eating a clean diet, even if you're not eating a plant-based diet, you're not going to be eating all these excess calories. So that's been a really interesting thing that I've learned. And I actually wrote a blog post about this on ProKit that I will link in the show notes if you want to read more about it. Okay, so moving on. Um, The next topic that I want to talk about is playing the long game with achievements. And you guys just heard earlier that I'm pretty hard on myself and I'm pretty, I have pretty high expectations of myself when it comes to achievement. And Matt and I, so kind of our ritual, it's been really nice is that we have this table on our, we don't have much of a back deck. It's more like stairs that go up to the back door, but we squeeze this little table back there. And we like to sit out there just to eat dinner or like after Bradley's gone to bed, we just kind of sit out there in the evening and it's just a really nice place to just sit and chat. And on multiple occasions, both of us have had this perspective of like, gosh, like I could be getting so much farther in my business. I could be achieving so much more. I could be, you know, I could be writing more articles. I could be finishing a book. I could be doing this, 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 and this. And we're not doing those things. And also like because of COVID-19, it seems like all these people are starting all these new projects and are training tons and tons of hours. And sometimes, I don't know about you, Matt, but I feel like I'm getting left behind. I, I post my hour and a half rides every day and I see people doing like seven hour rides and I see people and it's just the comparison game. But it doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. It matters what you're doing. And so what I've had to do on multiple occasions is say to myself, sure, I could be achieving more. I could be doing more things producing more things. But what do I have to give up to do that to achieve something faster, to do something one year faster, two months faster? What am I giving up? And I would not give up the time that I'm getting to spend with little Bradley. I don't get to work as many hours a day. And sometimes it is frustrating. And sometimes I just, I just wish I could go lock myself in a room and just work because I love what I do. But I have to remind myself, no, I, I love that I get this time with him and I'll never get it back. 
And at the end of the day, like years from now, I'm not going to wish that, oh, I wish I had achieved, you know, X thing or finished something sooner. I'm going to wish that I spent more time with my son. And it's hard because we get swept up in this achievement, this wave of achievement or this wave of, you know, I want to look good for everybody else or even for myself. But it's a good time to stop and ask yourself what's really important and how do you really want to be spending your time? Yeah, I think also for both of us, and it's important to say this too, is that we're in positions on purpose where we have flexibility in our lives with our jobs. And we don't have the same, I mean, Sonia more so than than myself, but we both control our own schedules. We both can set our own deliverables. And because we both love what we do, those tend to be, you know, we work, I guess we work hard because we love what we do. We work long hours and we do all those things. And you drop little Bradley into the mix and we've purposely shifted our priorities. But it hurts though, because you go, I'm not achieving what I did six, eight months ago, 10 months ago. I, I can't spend the time or I choose not to spend the time doing those other things because I have this new thing in my life that has more value to me. And it's temporary knowing that, like you said, I'm not, it's not like I'm going to not hit those targets or not achieve those things. It's just, I'm going to slow those things down a little bit. But again, I'm so thankful that we can choose that because everybody will say like, what are the three most important things to you? Number one, probably your health. I mean, maybe family first, maybe health second or, or vice versa, but probably health, family, and then work would be the third one. And we're truly in a position where we can put those priorities first. We can make sure that our family and ourselves are healthy and that our work is on track. A lot of other people don't have that opportunity. They have a set amount of hours they have to work and they can't. And so what ends up happening is they sacrifice their health first. Well, it's harder for me to take care of my health and my family second. And what gets prioritized is work. And most people, when you gave them those three choices, what would you put first? Most people would not put work first, but most people get that forced on them. So we're in a lucky position where we get to choose those other two but sometimes living that is actually frustrating because you you enjoy the fact that you could you know achieve and, and spend time doing things you love. That's a really great point. And this is definitely us speaking from a place of privilege with the opportunities that we have in life for how easy lots of things are for us that aren't as easy for other people. And I'm really glad that you pointed that out, Matt. I will say that other friends that I have being able to work part-time is also a privilege because everybody's financial situation is really different. And privilege is the ability to say, I'm just going to work part-time and still be able to pay my bills. And some people have to work three jobs in order to pay their bills. Some people can't find a job. So, you know, some people have lost their jobs in this time. So some friends of mine, they decided that they're both going to be like, one's going to work four days a week and then stay home with the kids one day a week because they have two kids now and they don't want to send their kids to daycare because of COVID-19. Then the other spouse is going to work. I can't remember, but they both went to part-time with their jobs or they were de debating like, well, should one of us quit our job to stay home with our kids and take care of them? So there's lots of different ways of doing things, but you know, those people are also choosing to not quote, achieve in their career when their kids are really little. And, you know, I'm sure the perspective changes and maybe even by the week it changes. And there's lots of people that do decide like, yeah, I do want to go on all, all my pistons. I want to work super hard, even when my kids are really small and it's worth it to me. And that's cool too. But 
I think just pausing and allowing yourself the space to think, what is it all for? What do I have control over? And what does my ideal scenario look like? And that ideal scenario might change over time. And what families, you know, your family unit, what does the family unit look like? And what are your goals as a family? And this kind of brings us into this great author we had on the show, Jolene Godfrey, and she wrote this book, Raising Financially Fit Kids, and just talking about finances as a family. Yeah, the thing I liked about Jolene's book was, well, so first of all, she works with some of the richest families on the planet, the top four or 500 richest families, and they've asked her to educate the multitudes of people that are part of that family about what money means to them and, and how to view it. Because when you have that much money, sometimes it changes your perspective. But she wanted to write this book so that everyone could understand what how rich people, truly obscenely wealthy rich people view money. I should take that back. Obscenely wealthy is a negative way to, to uh, describe anything, but very, very wealthy people. But basically, she helps people understand what wealth is. And wealth isn't money. Wealth is multitudes of things. It's relationship. It's community. It's tradition. It's skills and knowledge and education. And money is one one small piece of wealth. So understanding where that fits in your value chain and not giving up all those other things to get that one thing or vice versa. Like you still, everybody needs to understand how money operates and how to use it to create the things that they want in their lives. As long as it's put in its proper place, that can be a very healthy relationship. Whether you have tons of money or not, you can have flexibility and you can, again, we live in, especially in North America, in such a land of opportunity to create the life that we want, regardless Espe of our income. Especially as white people. Yeah, especially as white middle-class people. Like, our opportunities are almost endless. You want to put in the work in, you want to get the education, you can do an amazing amount of things. But many people don't feel that way. They feel trapped. They feel like the opportunities are closing in on them. They feel like they don't have choices. And often that can come down to not understanding to how to operate with the, some of the, the things they already have in their life. So understanding your values and what they mean and how to maximize those is it was what that book is all about. It wasn't necessarily learn how to become a billionaire by, you know, picking up pennies on the street and investing them. It, it wasn't that at all. It was about values and how to, how to view money. And we'll link that in the show notes. And you gave me the perfect journal stem or thought stem for the my newsletter this week, What Does Wealth Look Like? And if you guys are listening, you're like, what? I have a, a newsletter that I send out every single week and it's an experience. And I'm trying really hard to make it something that you look forward to getting in your inbox. And there's a lot of exclusive things in that newsletter. Like I write a thought of the week and I write a little blog post about my thought of the week. And it's been really fun. It's kind of like doing the Crush It Mondays, but a much shorter version. So I do that. And then I have a journal stem. And then I have a small bit about the podcast of the week. And you can sign up for that at sonyalooney.com slash newsletter. And it's been really fun to try to build more of a one-on-one -on -one relationship with people who are subscribed to the newsletter and make it a really fun thing that we can participate in together. The really cool thing I think about the newsletter is it ends up being this snapshot of kind of everything that you've been working on this week across all platforms. So you might engage with Sonia on one of five or seven different platforms, but this gives you that snapshot of everything. So you can kind of pick and choose and go, oh yeah, this is really cool. I'd love to hear more about that. And that is the sound of Sonia drinking out of her wine. No, <laughs> that's Baxter is back. <laughs> Baxter is back and he is lapping up the water. <laughs> So yeah, guys, if you're interested in that, that's sonyalooney.com slash newsletter. And I'm so thankful that you guys are here today listening to this podcast. And 
we really just want to tell it like it is. And we don't want to just present the highlight reel and this image of perfection because it's easy to do that. It's easy to leave out all the things or to say like, yeah, it's so easy and I'm doing everything. But I want to share that, yeah, sometimes it is hard. Sometimes my workouts don't go well for a week or weeks and I have to figure out why. Sometimes I feel frustrated because I don't have enough time to, quote, achieve or do as many things as I was doing before. And I have to learn how to come to terms with that. Or we have to think about what does it mean to get older to us? And these are all really important conversations to have. We can have them publicly. We can have them with our partner. And I think that the art of conversation and talking about things that matter is just something that's really important. And it it builds relationship. It builds substance. It requires vulnerability. These are ways that you can even deepen your friendships. That's one of the fun things for us. We try not to turn on the TV hardly ever. We have the odd Netflix show, but it's, you get, we've had odd times where you're watching something like a Netflix series and every night you turn it on for an hour and then we sort of catch ourselves and go, we know we haven't actually sat down and had a really meaningful conversation in like two days. And so off the TV goes away, I guess we have a on rollers, like a, a screen presentation, <laughs> like a, in a boardrooms, we roll our TV out of the living room and put it away. And we actually have a conversation and yeah, it's really, really fun actually. And every now and then I'm like, oh, I just want to watch another episode of whatever. And then we roll a TV away and I'm like, oh, that was, I had so much fun tonight. And the TV stays put away. <laughs> so thanks so much for listening, you guys. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button if you're enjoying this show. That way you get notifications every single week. And we work super hard to make sure that we're bringing high quality guests with good content to help you be better every day. And thanks to our sponsors. It's been really awesome. We haven't had podcast sponsors in a while. And having SaneBox and Sproutman as our sponsors, those are products that I personally use. And I don't take on sponsors unless I really believe in the product. So SaneBox has been great for helping me stay focused with my email. And I love all the different folders that it automatically puts emails into. That way I'm not getting my attention grabbed by things that don't matter as much. And it helps me stay focused. And Sproutman's been amazing. Like it's super fun to sprout. And it sounds really like, oh, like what's the big deal? But ask Matt, like it's, it's actually really fun. I get excited about seeing these little seeds grow and then eating them and sharing them. So thanks so much for listening, you guys. I'm with you on this journey of adventure, personal growth, and our mission to be better every day. 